Well, hey, it's great to be together this morning. Um, thank you, Judy, for leading our class yesterday morning, Spiritual Warfare. I love what she said. She said, we can take a few moments and study a little bit about our enemy, but we're going to take our lifetime to study who our God is and spend time with Him. It was just really, really rich. And so I'm working with her and figuring out, trying to talk her into it. Uh, being up here on a Sunday morning and share with you some of those truths just, just, just to help us just know that we're in a battle, but to know that Jesus wins. Amen. And to know that he's given us all authority um, to be able to walk through what we walk through. Um, it's really good. It's Thanksgiving week. Um, I try to be thankful every single day. I'm not always successful in that. Um, but it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, for me, this year, it's a, it's a first Thanksgiving. Um, last year, I was engaged during Thanksgiving, so we did our Thanksgiving separately. Um, this year, it's game on. All 17 people in our house. Um, and if you've seen our house, um, it's about as big as the sanctuary. Divide it up. Maybe not even that big. <laughs> um, no, it's not that big, actually. Um, but it's going to be great. And so just thankful. And I just want to open. I think there's a power in it when we out loud are thankful. There's a power when we verbalize our thankfulness to God for what he's given us. It's really dangerous when you talk to me. Someone told me that yesterday. I can't talk to you because if I talk to you, you'll use it in your sermon. Um, and so I'm going to use one, and I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness. Can I ask? So this morning, I, um, when Heather got up, um, she said, I was tempted to grumble this morning because it's early when we have to get up to head our way, head our way here. And she just said, instead, I just said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we just have to say, thank you, Lord, out of obedience, because it's what he's done. It is a gift for us to come together. So what are you thankful for this year? Give it to me. Sunshine in November. Sunshine in November. And I'm going to repeat, uh, because for people at home, I know people at home are, um, are watching. My mom's watching from home. Um, I have uh, mother-in-law in Alaska watching, and so I want to repeat to them. So, sunshine in the northwest in November, yes. Perseverance. perseverance. Thankful for perseverance and God's faithfulness to us in the midst of the craziness, yes. Mm, God's healing for Grace Buck, yes. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thankful for parents and kids, family, yes. Raise your hand if you're thankful for your family. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that because <laughs> we might have to have a laying on, a ha laying on of hands. Um, and I get it. Thanksgiving with our families is unique. Um, and I challenged our staff. I mean, I was challenging myself, but I challenged our staff this week as well. Like, let's look at it different this year. Let's go in with the heart of Jesus for our family this year. And let's be praying for our family now before we get together on Thursday. And let us be the one who lays our life down and not have to be the one that has to be right. We'll get into that a little bit later this morning. Any other thankfulness in the house? I'm thankful that God says be thankful in all things. In all things.
Yes. Be thankful in all things. And that brings freedom. That's good, Bill. Yes, over here. We got three in a row. Starting the, we'll just go row by row. All right. New, new marriages. That's really cool. Okay. And thankful for Tim. We're thankful for Tim as well. Okay. Judy. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That is good. I do like Tommy Mac. Effie, did you raise your hand over there? Yeah, so thankful that he can share the good news of Jesus with his coworkers, and not just vocally, because you might get in trouble sometimes vocally, right? But we can live Jesus in front of them, and they will be curious. They will be curious. They're going to want to know, how do you do that? And why do you do that? Yeah, so good. A couple more. Yes. Thankful. Yes. Thankful for grandkids. That's good. Yes, Judy. Yes. We're thankful for your godly husband as well. Doug's an amazing man. And Doug, I just, I'll, when I see you once in a while, I just think of the time out here in the parking lot. And how many years ago was that? Yes. 2005 on a Wednesday night before youth group, Doug's home group, and then we're here, and he had a heart attack right in the middle of the driveway, and he was gone. And one of the dads from one of the kids was dropping his kid off and knew CPR and saw it happen. He went out there. We called 911. They came, um, shocked him a little bit, and um, here you are. It's awesome. God's not done. God's not done until he's done, right? And so every breath we take is for him. So good. Be thankful this year. Um, the, we have a little bit more time this year. Let's be thankful. Let's go into the holiday season. Um, with thankful hearts this year. Amen. Hey, we're in 2 Peter, so grab your Bible. Um, if you need a Bible, we have our fabulous hosts uh, that would love to get you a Bible. We're going to be uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1. We're actually going to be covering verses 19 through 21, but I want us to read it in context in the whole picture of the story of uh, what Peter's trying to convey to us. Second Peter has been really difficult to break up in sections because Peter knows that this is his last opportunity to, to share with the church because he is going to be put to death. And so he knows that. So Peter just opens his mouth and shares, puts, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, and just shares his heart all one breath, you can imagine. And so to break it up, it's really difficult to break it up. So that's why we're kind of doing it in chunks and sections and here and there and moving things around. Dana Buck, you knocked it out of the park last week, watched from Mexico. Um, I was going to take a nap, but I decided, you know what? We're going to watch Dana Buck instead. And I didn't fall asleep. So that was, it was really good. And his message was, um, I was just kidding, but no kidding. You did a fantastic job. And um, if you did not see 
or hear his message, I encourage you to go on Facebook, our website, and uh, check it out. It's really, really good. It just talks about the surety that we have in the, in the Word of God and that this message is true. And it is, um, these, these men and even women gave up their lives uh, for this message. Not just Jesus, but these men and women. So that's what Peter's talking about here. I just looked at my notes and I realized I was going to go through a whole list of things that I'm thankful for. But I'm not going to take the time. But I think some of you know who I'm thankful for in this room. I'm looking at the front row right here. And all of y'all, actually. We're going to pick it up in verse 12 uh, this morning and kind of read the whole thought of Peter here. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon be put aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. And we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from the I love this line, the majestic glory, saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven, and we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have a prophetic message as something that is completely reliable, and you will be well to pay attention to it. As to light shining in the dark place until the day dawns, and in the morning, star rises in our hearts. Above all, verse 20, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came from or came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter is like driving this point home that the message of Jesus is real, it is true, it is trustworthy. And he keeps saying that, I am an eyewitness. I saw these things happen. And in this passage, in verses 19, he says, not only am I an eyewitness, I have backup. We have the prophets who have been speaking about the coming Messiah, speaking of Jesus for hundreds and hundreds of years. We've been reading these scriptures. He's talking to um, Jewish men and women, as well as Gentiles. Maybe the Gentiles didn't really know um, the coming of the Messiah, so he's talking to both here, the scattered church at the time. And he's saying, I am an eyewitness to this. And the reason why Peter is driving this point home, this is about 30 years after Jesus has died, resurrected, and then ascended into heaven. Some of them that he's writing to were there. Many of them were not there. So the message of Jesus is secondhand. And I didn't do the math, but I don't know what the message of Jesus is to us today. How many hands? But we know that it is accurate because it's right here in the Word of God. 30 years after Jesus has ascended, I mean, Jesus changed the world. 
And then 30 years after, what is happening inside, well, happening outside the church, yes, but even inside the church, that the story of Jesus was becoming like a fairy tale or a fable. That, yeah, that's a nice story about this man. And it reminded me even this week, I was talking with Krista, and Krista was talking about youth group. And you guys know that the Moonches are moving. Um, Krista has been our youth leader the last uh, few years um, since I've been doing this position. So I was a youth pastor here for 20 years. And so she was talking to the youth, one of the youth guys just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago. And she says, well, you know, we're moving and all that stuff. And then PK is going to come and start helping on Wednesday nights again. And the guy's response was, who's PK? And I was like, oh. no. I thought it was cool because, you know, anyways. But that's what was happening here. They're like saying, who's Jesus? It's, he's like a fable. It's, it's, I think it's almost like a fairy tale. So for me, I started looking up fairy tales. You guys know the story of Rapunzel? Yes? Yes, some of you wish you had the story of Rapunzel. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody in the room. Um, some of you have Rapunzel, which is great. That's why I'm growing my hair out. I thought of that story. I thought about Little Red Riding Hood, because many of you are going to go see Grandma this, this week. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> All right, okay. I thought of Beauty and the Beast. You know, the story of Inner beauty, that is. Our inner beauty is more, and our character is more important than our, our outside appearance. Hallelujah to that. That's good news, church. Okay, I'm not going to point names out or anything, but, and I'm not going to point out couples, Beauty and the Beast, in, in the room. I'm just looking around here. The fable of St. Nicholas, you know, of a generous, caring man who saw the needs in his community and then actually did something about it, kind of did the chess thing. I see this massive need that there's kids in our community that have nothing, and they don't know about Jesus. And so I'm going to collect stuff, and I'm going to give it away to them. And that with that, I'm going to share good news. Now, his story, it's actually a true story, has literally blown up into a fable. And Santa Claus is everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And I'm just going to confess to you for, in a, for a moment, um, pastoral confessions. Um, I was in Mexico last week, and we visited some old, old missions. I mean, three, 400-year-old missions. Um, and they still had the confessional booths in there. So this is my booth. I'm sitting here, and I'm a little window. Here's confessional to you. That fables and fairy tales and all that stuff, I was so anti that in my early faith with Jesus. For me, it was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. Now, many of you are saying, well, that's the way it should be. But here's the problem that I, I was doing. I wasn't doing it because I loved and cared for people. I was doing it to be right. It was a pride issue for me. I wanted to be right. And so I'm going to stake my claim here. And I'm not going to follow any of this stuff. I'm just going to follow Jesus. And what the Lord did for me was like, we'll start there. 
But let me open up your heart a little bit and say, you know, there's people who actually need to hear the message of Jesus. And if you just shut them out, they're not going to hear the message of Jesus. And he reminded me that Paul, even when Paul was in Athens, he kind of walked around, and this was a group of really good people that he was talking with. They were religious people. They had sacrificed. They, had, they were trying to follow their God, little g, as best as they could. And they want to make sure all their bases were covered. So they had actually erected this, this uh, altar area with all their other gods. And, and just in case they don't want to leave one out, you can read this, Acts chapter 17. Just so they wouldn't leave one, one, a god out, they just said, this idol, this statue area is dedicated to the unknown God. Literally, that's what they wrote. In case we left anybody out, we don't want to hurt any God's feelings. We want to make this area for the unknown God. And Paul, now Paul could have just walked right by Athens and said, Psh, they're wrong, I'm right, I know the truth. And he could have walked right by, but instead he walked in and said, I'm going to meet them where they are. And I'm going to share with them, logically, because that's who they were, Jesus. And he said, and it's just awesome when the Holy Spirit shows up and does that. And Paul says, I see that you're religious. I see that you're doing the best you can to follow a deity. And I also noticed you have this little area called the, to the unknown God. And Paul says, I want to tell you about him. It's powerful. God's been doing that in me. Like I said, Santa is everywhere. Everywhere. And I'm going to give you a little hint of where he's going to be. I know Santa is going to be in Renton next Saturday night at 5 o'clock. I know that for sure. He's going to show up in a fire truck. And then he will be brought in at this the Christmas tree lighting, and he will sit down from 5 to 7 and hang out with little kids. You know how I know that? Because I'm Santa. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Man, you, if you would have told me this like 10 years ago, I would have just said, shut up. <laughs> the last couple of years, I've been doing it on the side, kind of in this little place, Dana as well. Actually, they're looking. Have they called you yet? No. <laughs> no, 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 right? <laughs> That's my response, right? And so it's just like, I want to meet them. The Lord has just told me, meet people where they're at. These are good people showing up for the candle lighting, or candle lighting, the tree lighting. They're, they're searching for a hope that they don't know where they can find it. And so I'm going to dress in a red suit, and I'm going to pray every family that comes by. You know what I'm doing? Yes, I'm putting on the act, and I'm not an actor. <laughs> um, but what I'm doing is as they come, I pray for them. I drop little things here. I say, God bless you. We're meeting people where they are at. And Peter's saying, this message of Jesus is not a fairy tale. It's not fables. It is real. It is true. I have seen it. In fact, Peter says, I have not only seen this whole thing, I have heard. And he brings up the Mount of Transfiguration, the majestic place that this voice came from, where it says, this is my son. 
whom I love and who am I well pleased. I should quote that exactly, shouldn't I, huh? Let me do that. Let me find it here. This is my son, verse 17, whom I love with him, I am well pleased. Here's the amazing thing about that passage here. When Jesus was standing there and those guys were witnessing this voice from heaven, it's not the first time this voice showed up. The other time that this voice showed up was when Jesus was baptized and said the same thing. And even said it before Jesus had even done any public miracles or even started his public ministry, God still looked at his son, Jesus, and said, I love you. I'm pleased in you. See, even for, even for Jesus, it wasn't a performance thing from his father. And I just want to say that message is to us as his, as his followers, as he looks at you and says, I love you. I'm pleased with you. We don't even have to do anything to receive that from God. Now, because we're his kids, we're going to want to do things for him. We're going to want to step out in those places. We're going to want to go diagonal if we have to. It's just because the want to that he puts in our hearts. But this message from Peter says, I am an eyewitness to this. I've seen it. We need to be paying attention. And that's what I named the, the message this morning. Are we paying attention? Are we finding out? Are we digging into the word? Are we, do we know this message is from God? Let's look at verse 16. Well, we already looked at verse 16 and 17. Let's look at verse 19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. You would do well to pay attention to it. The prophetic message, like I said before, is the Old Testament prophets who had been speaking to the children of Israel for hundreds and hundreds of years. You need to turn back to God. God is the one who we need to follow. The temptation for human beings is to follow everything that we see. We're also copycats as humans. We see other people doing it, so we want to do it. And so, oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're worshiping that. Okay, so I'm just going to do that so I fit in, so I will feel like I belong, so there's something there for me. But we have these, not only we have eyewitnesses, but we have this written down truth from the, the prophets. And I know the scriptures that I'm going to read right now, uh, I know it's not Christmas season yet. These are Christmas verses that we hear at Christmas. Every day is Christmas as a believer. Every day. That, that should make a few of you in here really happy. Every day's Christmas. That actually sounds great. Lights, trees, candy, presents. Every day. So I want to read some scriptures that are prof the prophetic message um, to us. And here's for those of you. If you've been coming to church for two years or longer, you, you've heard these verses every year. And so it's super easy for us to become callous. It's like, oh, I've heard this before. I'm thinking about the Seahawks. Well, here's, here's great news for you today. The Seahawks aren't playing today. It's a bye week. No, they lost last week. So here's the great news. We can actually pay attention this morning. These are verses that you've heard hundreds of times if you've been walking with Jesus. And so my prayer is that you would hear these verses brand new today. 
brand new, like, wow, this is amazing. So the prophetic message that Peter's talking about, you guys realize that there's a scholar named J. Barton Payne, and he found 574 verses in the Old Testament that refer to Jesus. Conservatively, Jesus fulfilled about 300 prophecies. Some say way more than that. But conservatively, out of the written word in the Old Testament, there are 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And so I'm just going to read three of them. I'm going to read the prophecy of his birthplace, the prophecy of the family that he'd be born in, and then his assignment. What would this, what would this Messiah do once he came? And I only picked three. There's hundreds to choose from, literally. Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Epaphrah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be the ruler of Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. I love that. Jeremiah 23 talks about the family that Jesus would be born into. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will rise up for, for David, a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And who, who and what will, this king, what will this king's assignment be when he does show up? Isaiah chapter 61, 3. We've heard this so many times. God, I pray as is, is read right now, God, I just pray that it would be fresh, that your Holy Spirit would breathe your word into us. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to the bind the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the, years, the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This passage was written about Jesus in Isaiah, some of you are looking, Isaiah chapter 61. But as I've been reading through this, do you guys realize that when Jesus was leaving this earth, he said, I give you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within every single one of us. And so as I read this passage, we can actually read this passage over us. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. If you're a believer in Jesus, this passage is prophetically for you as well. Because you have the Spirit of Jesus in you. And these are the things that, this is our assignment. These are some of the things that we should be doing in our community, and in our families, and in our world, and in our workplaces. We have been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. We have been sent to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release darkness for the prisoners. We have, are supposed to proclaim the Lord's favor, and we are supposed to also proclaim the day of the Lord's vengeance. We're supposed to comfort those who mourn and provide, those, and to provide for those who are in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of, 
ashes. You know, people are looking. If you look around our world right now, people are, are in ashes. We get to bring them beauty in Jesus. There is mourning and loss in our world right now, massively, but we get to bring them joy. Where there's depression and despair and anxiety, we get to bring them Jesus. And he puts on us a garment of praise. That even in those dark, crazy places, we can still lift up our voices and praise him. Peter says, not only am I eyewitness, but we have these prophets who have spoken. Peter says, Jesus is real. He is the Savior we have been looking for. And for us today, Peter's message is the same. Jesus is the Savior you have been looking for. Verse 19, we also have this prophetic message. He says that, but halfway through he says that this message, we're supposed to be paying attention to it because this message is as obvious as a light shining in a dark place. It should be that obvious. I can't see any of y'all except for this woman in the white shirt right here in the front because her cell phone's on and it's reflecting off her. Okay. You're beautiful, by the way. Anyways, that's my wife for those of you who are watching. <laughs> you know. But the message of Jesus should be this obvious. As a light shining in a dark place, we live in a dark place now. And I'm not just going to blame COVID. It's a dark place because of sin. And, bro and sin causes brokenness and despair and, and all these things. We could spend all morning making a list or reading a list. But Jesus is the light of the world. He brought light. He brings light. It's really that obvious. Okay, I can't see now. Can you turn that off? It really is. The message of Jesus as we walk into, I'll call it the holiday season, because it is. We have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, we have New Year's. I love Christmas. I say Merry Christmas. But when I'm talking about the whole group, I call it the holiday season. The message of Jesus is that obvious. We get to and have the opportunity to carry this obvious message to people who are looking who are longing for this message. It's actually a gift and a blessing to be able to carry this message. So the question is, do I want to be the one who carries this message? Am I going to be a messenger of this good news? As a follower of Jesus, it is our, I hate to even use the word mandate because we've heard about mandates. We've been told by Jesus, this is what you're going to be doing as followers of me. You will go out and make disciples. You will share good news uh, with those who need to hear it. And then walk with them, teach them my ways, baptize them, and have them follow me. Jesus is the light of the world. How many of you would say, like right now, I would love more light in my life? Raise your hand. Let's do that. Jesus, I want more light in my life. So, Lord, as our hands are raised even now, Lord, I thank you. That is a prayer, that is a prayer we know you will answer. Because that is your heart for us, is to bring light to us. That your light would shine in the darkness. In us, you would start with us. 
But Lord, that not only would your light stop with us, but Lord, I pray that we would be reflections. It would bounce off us to the lives of all those who see us, who are around us. More light, Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Fairy tales and fables. We're going into a season where there's a lot of fairy tales and fables. But we get to carry the truth of Jesus with us. There's a great line in verse 21 at the very end of this passage. Peter's referring to the Old Testament prophets and said, uses the word, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's what I want. I want to be carried along by Him, led by Him, directed by Him. So can we stand? I want to take a few moments to pray this morning. Um, and I'm asking you to stand because we're going to, invite you to some of you, I'm going, we're going to invite all of you, whoever wants to come, to come forward this morning, just receive today. You know, there's salvation in the house today. If you've never decided to follow Jesus, but you've been thinking about it, and you're like, I don't even know what that looks like. Well, that's okay. Just step out. Be that chess piece and make that one step today to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe for some of you, it's a rededication to him. Maybe you walked with Jesus a long time ago or not so long ago, but you haven't been walking with him, and you know you haven't been. And so today is a day where you can come back and just say, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to get right. I want to walk right today. But maybe some of you just need a little bit more light in your life. Maybe some of you need to be carried along by the Holy Spirit, and you've been trying to do that on your own, but you really... It's not being effective, and so you just need somebody to come alongside you and pray for you. You know, that's a biblical thing. We're not called to walk with Jesus by ourselves. That's why we're not to forsake the gathering together. There's going to be some things that we need the, another person to come alongside of us and support us. Moses himself needed people to come alongside him and lift his hands up and so they could win the battle. So maybe some of you this morning need your hands to be lifted up. And so you can continue to win this battle that you've been called to. So I've asked Jan and Cindy if they'd come forward this morning and be ones that would pray for you. There's so many more of you um, that can pray as well. And so if that's you this morning, if that's like, I just want to make sure um, I'm right with him. I want to give my life to him. I need more light in my life. I need him to carry me along. We're just going to take a moment. And I know, let's just, let's just speak to the truth here. It's awkward. I get it. It's awkward for those of us who just stand here like, how long is this going to take? It doesn't matter how long it takes because we're talking about eternity here. Eternity doesn't start when we die. We are in eternity now. And so, let's just take a moment. And if that's you this morning, there's no judgment here. I would say put your pride away, tuck it in your pocket, and come forward if that's, if that's for you this morning. We can fill the altar up. It's totally fine. I would say as for those of you that are in your seats this morning, this is an opportunity for you just to really press into Jesus. 
an opportunity that we don't have during the week, during the hustle and bustle and, and work and home and all the stuff, all the other distractions. There are no distractions here right now. Just you and Jesus' time. So take that time. Press into him. Listen to him. Anybody else want to come? We would love to walk alongside you this morning. And I would even say, you don't have to come forward. You can just raise your hand where you are. We will come to you. If you're at home, we would love to pray for you. Please send me an email or text me or however, and we'll, we'll be praying for you. We're just so thankful, Lord. We're just so thankful, Jesus. God, we do declare this morning that your praise will ever be on our lips. Lord, we declare that there's joy in your house. And we won't be quiet about your message, that it is good news. It is good news to us individually, yes, but it is good news to our family members and those we work with and those who are in our homes and our neighborhoods. Jesus, thank you that you shine in the darkness. We follow you with all our hearts. Help us to be light to our community. Help us to put our pride down and to love like you loved. To see people the way you see people. And then to be you to them in humility and in grace and with hearts of mercy. Lord, we step into this week of thanksgiving with thankful hearts. We pray for our family gatherings and we pray for the lonely that Jesus, you would meet them. You come alongside them. God, that we would step into Thursday, Thanksgiving with new, fresh hearts. Again, that we would see what you see, that we would serve the way you would serve, and we would love the way you love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I will say, church, if you just dread Thanksgiving because you don't have a place to go or you've had bad experiences, and so I just want to say, if that's you and you don't have a place to go, would you please talk to me? We want to find a place for you to go this Thanksgiving, okay? All right? Seriously, I'm serious about that. As your pastor, I do not want you to spend Thanksgiving in your house all by yourself. We will find a place for you to go and be with family. Amen? Amen. All right, God bless you.